Hello and welcome to episode 7 of your Leader Breeder podcast with myself and your host Aidan Jeffrey. Leader Breeder podcast is a leadership podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your leadership voice in order to deliver great value in your life, career, ministry and business. In today's episode, we're going to have a look at if leaders don't innovate, they evaporate. Before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you of our God's Financial Secret series that is currently out and doing very well. Thank you to all of those of you that have subscribed and are listening to it. And also in production at the moment is our Unless the Seed audiobook, soon to be released in November, as well as our Prosper Clock app. And I want to apologize for the delay in our Prosper Clock app. We've had a few production problems with it, with some of our app developers, and we're working hard to get that finalized. But if you want to find out more about all these great resources, please go to IamBornToProsper.com to find out how you can get so much more resource and content to help you on your journey. Well, I'm super expected for today's episode. So let's get straight into today's episode. Episode 7, if leaders don't innovate, they evaporate. Did you know that the word innovate means to introduce something new, to make changes in anything established that means a new method or an idea or a product. And to evaporate means to disappear or to vanish or to fade. And so as we look at today's episode, if leaders don't innovate, they will evaporate. If leaders don't introduce something new into their worlds, their organization, their career, their personal lives, or if they don't make changes in anything that is already established in their lives, the opposite is also true, is that they'll end up evaporating. In other words, they're going to disappear, vanish, fade away, or be consumed or surpassed by the opposition. So my question to us today as we get out onto this episode 7 today, are you being intentional to introduce something new into your organization and career? Or are you busy vanishing, fading away? Or are you about to disappear? And I don't want to sound as if I'm putting a heavy on you today, but it's important we understand that as a leader, one of our tasks and responsibilities is to innovate or to stay innovative in everything that we do. When it comes to our Christian walk, Jesus was exceptionally intentional to innovate when it came to his faith and to religion itself. I mean, listen to what Matthew 5.38 says. The Bible says, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, punishment that fits the offense. So Jesus is speaking to a generation about this was the old way in which you understood religion to be. But then he comes on with an innovative statement verse 39 Matthew 5 and he says but I say to you do not resist an evil person who insults you or violates your rights I'm reading from the amplified version but whoever slaps you on the right cheek turn the other towards him also simply ignoring insignificant insults or trivial losses and do not bother to retaliate maintain your dignity your self-respect and your poise now as much as what that is easier said than done we know just to say that it's easy to say, well, turn the other cheek. But what was Jesus ultimately doing? He was innovating. He was bringing new ideas. He was bringing new thought processes into a world where Moses' law had been used for centuries. And people that were born into the mosaic way of lifestyle were never challenged with a new way of thinking. And we know that Jesus' way of thinking wasn't always very popular. Yet on the other side, it was extremely popular. To those that didn't want to change, to those that held on to the ways of the past, I mean, they held on almost until Jesus returned. But what Jesus was busy doing was he was innovating. He was bringing new trains of thought. Listen to what he goes on to say in Matthew 5 verse 40. He says, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, 
Let him have your coat also, for the Lord repays the offender. And whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. So, I mean, again, Jesus was extremely innovative in his time. He was a revolutionary in so many ways to so many people, but yet to those that heard his fresh ideas, his fresh ideals, his fresh ways of thinking, this new way of understanding relationship with God from this heavy mosaic way of doing things, this difficult way of doing things, people flocked to hear what Jesus had to say. And that's what happens, same out in the marketplace, same in business. It can't be same old, same old. Although certain foundational principles should never change and they should always stay the basics of life. But innovation is part of a leader's responsibility in order to advance anything in this life and on this earth. I love this saying that says innovation is taking two things that exist and putting them together in a new way. So sometimes innovation is not just reinventing the wheel or bringing something exceptionally new to the market. It could just be taking two things that already exist and putting a fresh coat of paint on it. I always refer to the very famous TV presenter, TV production person, Simon Cowell, who is, in early days was popular and unpopular for his ways in which he would critique people that sang idols and you know, America's Got Talent or Britain's Got Talent and he's innovated all of these new shows and he basically took music and he put it into a competitive form and changed the way in which people view music these days. From that, what emerged from that was programs like The Voice and so many new innovative ways because someone took the lead in innovation, turned it on its head, took old things or competitions, took music, combined them and found a whole new way of doing things. I look at the way cricket right now, it's the Cricket World Cup, it's on and I look at the way the T20 game, initially when it came out, for those of you in South Africa, we play cricket, and around the world, people play cricket in, in most countries that do play it. But if you look at the way when T20, 20 overs aside, was, was first introduced into the market, everyone said, this is crazy, it can never work. Because previous to that, it was a 50-over game, which in itself took a while to establish itself, which then stemmed from the test match arena, which was five days of cricket. And it's like some of my American friends tell me, I don't understand how you South Africans can think. You play a game for five days and then there's a possibility that there's no winner. Makes no sense to certain people. But that's the way that cricket used to be played. Then they shortened it to the 50-over game, one-day internationals. Now they've brought out the T20 game, which again was innovative, but it was also resisted and it was loved by many people. But the irony of it is they stuck with it and so many new forms and competitions have evolved as a result of the innovation of turning something that already existed and putting two things together in a new way. And today it is the lifeblood of cricket. It's the biggest income driver. It's the way in which most cricketers make most of their money today, all because somebody took the boldness to say, let's reinvent the way in which we play cricket. Currently as well, I mean, in the golfing arena, there was a certain way in which people played golf, and now they've brought out a whole new innovative approach to golf called Live Golf. And I'm not promoting any of these as to say I'm for it or against it, but if you look around you, people are innovating all the time. And what causes innovation into what it does in the marketplace is it ends up disrupting in so many ways the current status quo. 
And what you have to realize as a leader of a company, organization, or perhaps you haven't got your own business, but you might be a department head or you heading up a corporation, perhaps your company is listed on the stock market and you're responsible for shareholder growth. Well, I want to encourage you. As a leader, you have to stay on the cutting edge of innovation because if you don't, you're either going to innovate or you're going to evaporate. Another great statement that on innovation says that innovation is the unrelenting drive to break the status quo and develop a new where few have dared to go. Think about that for a moment as well when it comes to transport. I mean, if you talk about unrelenting drive to break the status quo, Henry Ford invented the first motor car, the, the, the Model T Ford, and when they asked him, are you going to have any different colors because he only had black, he said, you can choose any color you want as long as it's black. And yet, it had a lot of criticism. It had a lot of pushback. And people said, it's never going to work. No one's going to drive this thing. Where are you going to drive it? There's no roads. There's no infrastructure. This doesn't make sense. And I'm sure it wasn't overnight. But think about the innovation of the motor vehicle. What it did, eventually it caused other forms of transport to emerge. The aeroplane from the Wright brothers, the locomotive, the railway lines, the railway systems, you know, from cars, they went into trucks and the road infrastructure has developed. And think about what has, you know, come from that is traffic lights and tar and the whole engineering world has opened up flyovers and bridges and how one person's innovation has just transformed the way in which people live life. Or think about telephony, Alexander Graham Bell, who invented the first telephone. Think about how that is evolved over time, innovation. Never had we ever thought that two people on the other sides of the planet could actually hear each other and speak. And the reality of the fact is that if you read the book Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill, you'll find out that when Alexander Graham Bell, or who was it, Marconi, I think it was. No, it wasn't Bell. It was Marconi who invented the Morse code. When he first invented the Morse code and people could hear through just the dots and the double dots and the clicks, that people thought he was mad, that eventually they actually arrested Marconi and took him to a mental asylum because they thought it's impossible for somebody to actually say that somebody on the other side of the planet could hear or make sense of a code that you could distinguish and you could you could communicate with it. Well, eventually they released him from the mental asylum and he proved to them that the Morse code could work and from there telephony came and think about it today. I mean, what has happened with the telephone industry, how it's transformed the way we communicate. Fast forward to that, it's now gone mobile. Uh, it went through just to normal uh, cell phones and now it's become smartphones and 5G and it just continues to reinvent itself all the time. Why? Because that is exactly what innovation does. And if you are a leader who is uh, asleep at the helm, if you're a leader who thinks that, well, you know, it's it's the same old, same old next five, six, seven, eight years. I'm here to encourage you today to tell you, listen, if you don't innovate, you're going to evaporate. Something is going to either take you out or in the sense of going to overtake your, your customer base and you're going to lose your income because your customer base is going to places where people are simplifying things. And that's what I really want to encourage you with as we have come out of an international uh, crazy time where the world has been locked down in the last three years. What is going to come out of this post-COVID world we're living in? Well, <laughs> I'm here to tell you innovation. Innovation is going to transform so many things. People are going to do things differently from what they've done before. 
I don't think I have to say much. There's two camps to everything post-COVID is, well, online education. Well, it's not going to work. Online shopping. No, it's not going to last. The fast food deliveries or your, the groceries from your store. You can now order food. Your groceries can be delivered straight to the convenience of your home. People might go, this is not going to last. Sure. I'm sure they said the same about Jesus when he came onto the scene. His ministry is not going to last. His message is not going to last. Well, fast forward 2022, 23 years later, and Jesus' message is stronger than ever. Why? Because when he came on the scene, he brought innovative, different ways of doing things and operating from religious ways, and it just liberated people. And that's very often what innovation does. Now, you might be saying to me, you know, I'm not a very creative person or an innovative person, and I don't expect everybody to be of the same makeup, but it's important that whatever you are busy with or involved in, that if you're not that person, is to find people that are able to innovate or at least allow a culture of innovation within your organization so you don't get stuck in the ways of the past. I mean, when it comes to technology, the internet, the discovery of the World Wide Web, just think about how that has innovated or changed or transformed over the last many, many years. And I'm always just so intrigued by these things. I have a creative, broad-thinking personality. and I love innovation. I love disruption. I love uh, the future. I'm a futurist. I love looking over the hill. And not everybody's wired the same. So I don't say this today that you have to be a futurist or you have to be a creative thinker. But it's important for you to understand you can't ignore that and think that, well, because I'm not like that, it's not going to affect me. Now, I want to say to you that it will affect you if you don't realize that innovation has to become part of your thought process or at least stop, pause, camp, have a meeting. Let's look at what are the new trends. Let's look at the way people are doing things differently. And that's so important to understand. In ministry as a pastor, we've been disrupted in in lockdown, online streaming, online church services. And today, many pastors have got issues with online church. I don't think the online church is going to last, or I think it's wrong for people to stay at home. They should come to church. And I agree. I fully agree. We should not neglect the gathering of the saints. We should not ignore the basic principles of what Jesus told us to do in Scripture. However, the innovative ways of the future are not going to go away. People are still going to opt to watch online. And so, as churches and pastors and leaders, we have to adapt our ways in which we see church. I wrote a book called The Exponential Church, and I said in the book that technology will disrupt the way Christians do church and what to do about it. And the reason I wrote that book, The Exponential Church, is not to say that that the church of the past is over and it's never going to be the same again, but I wrote the book after I read a book called Exponential Organizations by Salim Ishmael, and it really just challenged my thinking. And little did I know that when I read the book in 2018, I thought that the book wouldn't have much impact or effect on my life because at that stage it was food for thought. And then came lockdown and suddenly we were thrust into online church and streaming and we were basically caught off guard. And so we had to innovate. We had to be innovative. And sadly, thousands of churches around the world were caught off guard and shut down and have never reopened. Uh, Think about business. How many Hundreds of thousands of corporations were caught of God and haven't been able to recover. And as sad as what that is, every era, every generation, every pre-First World War, post-First World War, pre the 29 or 33 Depression, post the Depression, 
pre-Second World War, pre-whatever, post-whatever. There's always a pre and a post. And before something breaks or something changes, this is the way we did it. And then post, well, this is the new way of doing things. And although there's always tragic stories and always sad stories to hear, people don't stop using the new ways of doing things simply because they're sad stories of people that have struggled or people that have lost out. What we have to do is, as Christians, is believe God and that we're going to recover all and that God is going to give us wisdom in how to recover everything. But I want to encourage you, as a leader, as a business owner, as a person of influence, perhaps in a corporation, in the corporate sector, you can't be a person who is naive or ignorant and think that innovation is not necessary for my world. I love the statement that Jeff Bezos made, the founder of Amazon, He said, I believe that you have to be willing to be misunderstood if you're going to innovate. And that's what happens very often when it comes to innovation. You you bring out a suggestion and it gets shot down by the sort of the old guard or the, the people that are in charge. And they say, well, you know, we know how to do this thing. We've built this corporation for so many years. And so often they can shoot down the things that a young generation or a generation that sees things differently, they shoot it down. And it's important that if you are the old God that are listening to this podcast today, don't be that generation that shoots new innovation or even just food for thought or innovative ideas. Create a culture in your organization where you allow innovation to be spoken of or just at least suggested and look at the possibilities of how this could disrupt us. I love the fact that when Pilate said to Jesus in Mark 15 verse 2, Pilate questioned him and said, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus replied to him and said, it is as you say. So Jesus was very misunderstood. He was blamed. He was accused. He was persecuted for claiming to be the son of God and the king of the Jews. And yet he never made those claims. But because of his fresh and innovative ideas, people lied and slandered him and tried to get rid of him, thinking that if we crucify him or we try and shut him down or we try and discredit him, he's going to disappear. And well, if an idea's time has come, that idea's time has come, you're not going to stop that idea. And the best thing you can do is to say, how can we best implement or bring change or adjust something that already exists and put a new jacket on it or a new approach to it? Because that is how you stay fresh and flourishing. In the book, The Exponential Church, I speak about the Nokia Naftex story, which I come out of a cellular background when I was in business before ministry. I was in the cellular industry, and so it perhaps resonated more with me. But the Nokia Naftex story is so intriguing because Nokia was the largest cell phone company on the planet. And I had a very good year one year in the cellular industry, in the organization I was part of. And I won an international all-expenses-paid trip to the Nokia head office in Finland, in Helsinki. And uh, I went there, and it was amazing, my very first international trip ever First time I'd seen snow, the first time I flew international, um, I often have a chuckle. I thought, you know, I'm going to take some books with to read on the plane. And so I took about 12 books with me. I didn't know that they even offered you movies on a plane. That's how ignorant I was about life. And when I got on the plane and I saw there was movies, well, that was the end of the reading. So I had to lug these books with me overseas and back and just naively not understanding life. And you know, eventually you grow up and you learn. But When I went to Nokia, it was an incredible experience, and we saw the latest and the greatest, and it was like I couldn't believe my eyes. I was just seeing this company that dominated the planet's cellular world, and they had their own gyms and their own restaurants and medical booths, and if you worked for Nokia, we were having a chuckle 
that you couldn't phone in sick because if you were feeling sick, you had to come to work because they had their own doctor on duty and they would assess you. And it was just such a breath of fresh air. And here was this company that was just so cutting edge. And fast forward a few years later to perhaps, I think 2012 when it was, Nokia actually almost declared insolvent that Microsoft eventually bought them out. And now you might say to me, what happened from when I was in Finland at the most powerful cell phone company on the planet, how did it get to the point where they went to insolvency? How did they evaporate? How did they almost disappear? Innovate or evaporate? And here was this company that every year they were releasing new phones. Every year they were bringing out the Nokia this and the Nokia that and the Nokia this. It was one of the most sort of inverted commas creative companies on the planet. But what had actually happened was that Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple iPhone, he digitized the telephone. He took the Apple iPhone and he put it on the internet where Nokia didn't see the need to do that and they kept their products with their own software. So every Nokia had, I think it was Symbian software, almost like Microsoft Internet Explorer, the driving forces to the internet. Every mobile company, Ericsson was a cell phone company, Siemens was a cell phone company, and all of these cell phone companies had their own software that drove their phones. And so if you came into a cell phone store that I used to own and you brought Ericsson in, I had to treat that Ericsson a certain way and then with a Siemens a different way or with a Nokia a different way because they all had their own individual software that they operated from. But what Steve Jobs came and did was he came and he took the Apple, that's why it's called iOS, it's called Internet Operating System, is that it operates on the internet. And uh, without these massive companies even realizing it, what Steve Jobs had done was he innovated and he reinvented telephony. He connected it to the internet. And so where in the past you had to go into a store with your physical device, give it to a cell phone technician, he then or she then put it onto a little computer in their store, plugged it in, upgraded the software to the latest version of Nokia's latest software version, and then you went on your merry way. And that took days and hours. And so what Steve Jobs did was he said, well, instead of you having to go into the store, I'm just going to digitize the phone. So using Wi-Fi, use the internet, just push a button and you update your software right wherever you are. And immediately it changed the game. It changed the rules of telephony. But here's the main thing. Here's the amazing thing is that Nokia never saw the change that was actually going to affect them. And so they kept on down the road of individual software versus internet software. And they never really made the shift. And within a few short years, Apple just mushroomed and it took over the world to the point that Nokia ended up having to apply for bankruptcy or insolvency or they had to apply for somebody to buy them out so that to avoid insolvency. And you think to yourself, how did a company like that get there? Well, very simple. They stopped innovating. They stopped seeing the shifts and the changes. And eventually, they ended up evaporating. And that's what I want to encourage you with today. You know, what areas of your industry are potentially under threat or what potential shifts and changes need to be made within your organization in order to stay afresh, stay afloat, stay on the cutting edge? Because if you don't realize that you need to change, you know, you're never going to survive in this modern world. Henry Ford said, if I had asked the public what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. And it, although that's a bit humorous, people will just want to take the old thing and say, well, I've got a horse, let's make it a faster horse. But what he did was he brought in a motor car a combustion engine that changed the rules. And here's the main thing. 
I mean, no one started a petition after Henry Ford invented the first motor car to say, you know, hashtag save the horse-drawn cart. We are petitioning this combustion engine. I mean, people just within a few short months almost forgot about the fact that there was carts and horse-drawn buggies and all these things they made in the old Western movies, the saloon, the stagecoach, all these things that horses pulled that got people to move around from place to place. Those places, within a few years, they just disappeared off the face of the earth. They just were gone. And not because the stagecoach wasn't a good thing, because there was something better. There was an easier way. There was a more productive way in which you could transport yourself. And so it's the same in your industry. It's not to say you're a bad person or a bad businessman even, but if you're not a person who realizes the need to innovate, you are going to evaporate. And I really want to encourage you not to put fear into you and not to criticize or seem as if I'm criticizing, but I want to really inspire you and challenge you to ask yourself the question, when is the last time that you actually looked at your organization and asked yourself, are we still on the cutting edge? And what are some of the threats that could almost disrupt us or remove us? Because if international behemoths like Nokia could go bankrupt in a few short years, Anybody can go bankrupt in that sense if we don't understand or stay on the cutting edge of the changes that are there. Did you know that thriving companies spend 85% of their time innovating and 15% of their time maintaining the status quo, whilst struggling organizations spend 85% maintaining the status quo and only 15% of their time innovating? And my challenge to you again today is ask yourself the question, are you a person who has the ability to see into the future? And again, like I said, if you're not that person, have you got people that you can go and speak to and or seek, knock and ask and ask yourself the question, what do I need to do to stay on the cutting edge? I read a few books and I want to refer a few books to you today in this episode. One of the books that I'd love you to read is a book called As the Future Catches You. And the author's name is Jean Enriquez, J-U-A-N Enriquez, E-N-R-I-Q-U-E-Z. A great read, As the Future Catches You. It's a book where he wrote about Singapore, and at one stage, Singapore was on the verge of bankruptcy as a country, as a nation, and they wanted to sell themselves, literally the whole country. They were on the verge of, we need help. They had no mineral resource. They had no farming community or mining and so they approached Malaysia, and Malaysia said, no, no, we're not interested in getting involved with you. We're investing in Brazil, gold, minerals, diamonds, et cetera, et cetera, farming, cattle, all these things. And although there is still much value to that, that was Malaysia's approach or response to Singapore. And eventually what Singapore decided was, well, what we don't have is what these other countries have, but what we do have is people and we have brain power. And so they started to invest in the people and they started to reinvest their education into educating the people. And Singapore eventually became one of the technological hubs of the world where Samsung was birthed out of and they started to sell their patents for every time a Samsung product is on the face of the planet or they bring an upgrade. Singapore earns a portion of every sale of a Samsung product. And what that means is that they became per capita almost the wealthiest country on the planet when they started to become a technological powerhouse. And yet they had no mineral resource, but what they did was they had human resource. And so they started to educate humans. And when they started to educate humans and they became innovative, they started to create new and innovative products in the technological sphere, ending up in causing them to become one of the wealthiest 
countries on the planet. And they went from a rags to riches story. You can find that in the book, As the Future Catches You. Another great book you can read as well by the author Jeff Booth. It's called The Price of Tomorrow. And it's just an intriguing read about how the physical world and the technological world, the digital world, are going to clash almost like water and oil and what it's going to cost, what the implications are going to potentially be to our future when it comes to a young generation that's a digital generation that are driving digital innovation and an older generation who still thinks and survives and creates of a physical world predominantly and how these two worlds are going to come to a loggerheads at some time. Because what the physical world does is the way the economy is driven is it's driven through inflation and it's driven through taxation. And so many people that are in power today, the older leaders of the yesteryear that are still in power, they very often increase taxes. Uh, that's how inflation goes up with inflation. So with the increase in taxes, with the increase in pricing, has to come the increase in salaries. And so you have this constant growth cycle of increase. And that's how governments survive. Petrol goes up, they push up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yet there's a digital world that is driving costs down. So if you look at, it's a lot cheaper now to do deliveries via these food delivery apps, or it's sometimes cheaper to communicate. You can Zoom now versus a flight. So technologies on the other side is causing a disruptive economy because it's driving many of the costs down in so many ways. Solar, it's now the new topic of discussion for energy solutions, not that it's always that easily solvable, but it's this constant physical fossil fuels versus solar versus it's this constant battle we're going to face in the years ahead and what we should do about that. And that's the book called The Price of Tomorrow. I encourage you to get a copy of that book if you are a avid reader, you can get that. And then also the book that I referred to earlier called Exponential Organizations by Salim Ismail which was a, a fascinating read. It's been billed as one of the top-selling business books in the last decade in the world. And it's really just an intriguing read on how digitization, how technology is going to disrupt the way we do life. And again, you might be hearing this today and saying, oh, Yari goes again like a stuck record. You know, I don't believe in all of these technological changes. I don't believe in this. Well, read the book and you'll see that there are so many success stories, but yet sadly, there are so many tragic stories of people that have failed just to make ends meet because the customer base shifts to where things are just easier. And that's really what I want to encourage you with, you know, because the Bible says that in Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4 in the Living Bible, the Bible says that any enterprise is built by wise planning, becomes strong through common sense, and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. So any enterprise is built. So you build an enterprise by wise planning and it becomes strong through common sense and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. And so the facts of the way in which you do life is changing. Take cryptocurrency, for example. I'm not promoting these things to say I'm for it or against it. What I'm saying to you is that there are real disruptive ways in which people do things. And the old sort of God, the more elderly generation, they will defend the old ways of doing things. But I can tell you, if you look around the world today and you see a young generation that's emerging and the way in which people are generating revenue as a result of technology, you can't be that stubborn or that naive 
And that is what we have to realize is that you have to continue bringing new innovative ways in which you're going to get yourself to stay ahead of the curve, to stay fresh and flourishing in a world that is constantly changing. You know, the Bible says, Solomon said in Proverbs 4 verse 5, he said, get understanding and do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Speaking of wisdom, do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. And so I want to say to you today that your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. And we, as a move at CRC, that has declared next year to be a year of supernatural acceleration. And although we can declare that by faith, many people are not going to accelerate. Many people are not going to even survive next year. And I don't say it again critically. I'm an optimistic person. I'm a man that's full of faith. But I do realize that when the immune system kicks into most people's lives, they it's almost like when your body tries to fight the flu virus, you have an immune system and it tries to defend it against alien viruses. And it's sometimes the way we operate. It's like the immune system towards change kicks in. And you get this sort of, yes, early adopters, you know, late adopters, laggards, you get that personality type. But some people never get to the point ever where they actually realize, hey, I've got to bring some change into my world. Why? Because leaders innovate or else they will evaporate. And look around you. I just say to you, look around you. You'll see that so many things are changing all the time. Now, it doesn't mean to say we have to get rid of everything and throw the baby with the bathwater out to get rid of everything. But let me say this to you, is that the internet is here to stay. Technology is a major disruptor in the way life is happening right now. Education is busy being transformed. The economy, retail, it's busy being transformed, disrupted, changed. In South Africa, Amazon are now moving into our country very soon, and it's going to bring more disruption. I know to our international audience as well, Amazon is a well-known company from books and things like that. In South Africa, we have it. But from a product distribution factor, when Amazon starts to operate in our country and they start to bring price wars down and delivery, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the current online retailers have to then go with that and compete. And so a price war starts and eventually the person out there who's not really realizing what's happening around them is going to be left behind. And so we have to understand that the world is changing all the time. And I don't say you have to change everything. But you have to get to the point where you as a person say to yourself, what changes can we bring into our world? Because it's exciting. As much as what it is frightening on the one side when it comes to the unknown, it's exciting when you start to realize that there are so many new ways in doing things. And remember, I said to us earlier, innovation is taking two things that exist and putting them together in a new way. So sometimes it's not about thinking something totally new but what about if i take this and that and i relook at it i put a new jacket on it bam i've got a whole new product or a whole new industry so think ask the holy spirit you have the holy spirit in you the bible says that if you lack wisdom you can ask and so i encourage you today in closing and i say to you today allow the holy spirit to guide you and lead you because heaven is the invisible place of god's rich ideas and the Bible says, pray, pray it down, pray wisdom down. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God wants heaven's will to come down to earth. And 
Heaven is the invisible place of God's rich ideas. And so when you seek and you knock and you ask and you study and you show yourself approved and you search and you seek out and you apply, you build by wise planning, you become strong through common sense and it profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. Watch what's going to happen. I declare over you right now and I pray for you today that God is going to give you wisdom above your years, that God is going to give you innovative ideas, that when you sleep at night, God is going to show you creative ideas. God is going to show you, he's going to breathe into your spirit. When you look at things that were there before, you're going to see it from a different way. When you drive past certain places, you're going to see things you've never seen before because that's what the spirit of God does. He quickens in us ways in which to do things differently. And so wherever you are struggling right now, I always tell people if there is frustration in your life or there's areas of your life where you are frustrated right now, where you're not seeing the breakthrough, I always say, you know, read where you bleed. In other words, where you are hemorrhaging right now, get new information because the only reason why you are frustrated is because you've run out of information on how to do something. I've often spoken about the GPS when you want to go from point A to point B but you don't know the directions, you become frustrated because you travel in all directions and you don't know where you're going. But the minute you know how to go from here to there, it simplifies that whole journey. And that's what God does. That's what His Spirit does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. And Jesus Himself, He was extremely innovative. You know, Paul was innovative in the way in which he did things. You have to become an innovative thinker and ask God, Father, show me exactly the way in which my business must go. When you're at speaking to friends and family, find out ways. And if you hear of better ways to do things, investigate that and see how we can bring small tweaks for bigger peaks. We can bring not major changes, but some small tweaks and bam, that resistance breaks and flow comes again. So I really want to encourage you today. Leaders innovate or they will evaporate. Remember those three books, As the Future Catches You by Jean Enriquez, The Price of Tomorrow by Jeff Booth, and then Exponential Organizations by Salim Ishmael. I'm super excited and grateful that you took the time to join me on episode 7 of our Leader Breeder podcast. Let me pray for you and go into this month and have an incredibly, incredibly powerful and successful month this month because God is in you, God is for you, and God is with you. Amen. So Father, I thank you today that I come to you in Jesus' name. And I pray for every single one of our listeners on the Leader Breeder podcast, and I just speak life, Jesus. I speak hope. I speak faith. I speak innovation. I speak heaven's breath of fresh air, of witty inventions. I speak innovative ideas in every facet of our businesses, of our lives, in our ministries. Those that are pastors in ministry, I pray for innovative ways in which to reach more people, creative ways in which to reach the youth and the students. Breathe over us, Holy Spirit, fresh ways of doing things or send people into our lives that are going to help us to bring these fresh ways into our lives. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise that is due to you in Jesus' mighty name. Hey, listen, have a great, great day. Have a great, great week. Have a great, great month. Can't wait to be with you for our final episode of the year in December, episode 8. Have an awesome, awesome week this week and be blessed. If you found value in this podcast today, feel free to share it and see you soon in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Leader Breeder. Make sure to subscribe to the channel to catch the next episode every month.